You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the focus of Cryptopsy. You listen to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you guys had a great week. I personally had a great week. I'm getting used to being back at work after being home for 11 weeks. I'm getting into the swing of things, and I'm getting used to working in the reality of COVID-19, and that's a good thing. But tomorrow's the weekend, and I'm really stoked about that. All month long... I am doing a spotlight on Unique Leader Records. I love this label. You should love this label. They have a whole bunch of amazing bands. Uh, A lot of them happen to be my friends, so I am slightly biased, but they're a great label who are putting out a whole bunch of amazing music made by even better people. Until July 1st, you can go on Unique Leader's Indie Merch eStore and you can get 10% off. They set this up for Vox and Hops heads. I'm super stoked about this, so when you are checking out You can get 10% off of anything on the Unique Leader Indie Merch Store. Do it. This promo runs until July 1st. There's a whole bunch of great stuff that's coming out. they got a bunch of pre-orders that are happening. And you could save 10% if you go do that right now. And that code when you are checking out is Vox and Hops. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S. Do it. Support extreme music. On today's episode, I'm with Mick Jeffrey of Aversion's Crown. They just released a new record today via Nuclear Blast. It is aptly called Hell Will Come For Us All. And it has, and it's here, and we got to get through it together, people. we got to stick together. Uh, it's a great record. It came out today, as I mentioned. You should go check it out. Uh, here it is, Vox and Hoff's episode number 154 with Mick Jeffrey of Aversion's Crown. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Mick Jeffrey of Aversion's Crown. I am stoked to be with you. You are in the future, being from Australia. It is nighttime for me but you're a trooper and I like it. I was like, normally I drink beer with my guests and I know that's tomorrow morning for you. We're like, fuck it. I'm going to get a beer. So I like you already. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Super stoked to hang with you. Uh, Super stoked to talk about this new album. Hell will come for us all, which is obviously a very fitting album title for the times we are living in. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Let's just touch on that just to start with everything. How have you been coping with social isolation? How has it been for you? Yeah, it's been, uh, I guess, sort of, you know, an unusual experience because no one's ever experienced anything like this before. And and I'm sure you know all too well that uh, a lot of us are used to just sort of being away from home and and just being, you know, anywhere except at home. So it's... uh, yeah, it's kind of weird, but I've just embraced it for what it is and enjoyed it as a, a forced holiday from all the things I'm normally doing with my life. And uh, just, you know, I'll probably never have an opportunity again where I'm at home without any responsibilities to be at work or to be on tour or to do this, that and the other. And, you know, this is probably my last uh, time in my life where I won't have responsibilities. So I'm just enjoying it for that. And and taking the time to enjoy doing things that I wouldn't normally get time to do, like have uh, beers in the morning. Yes, morning brews. What are some of the things that you have accomplished that you wanted to accomplish that you never could because you never had enough time while you've been at home? Yeah, I think it's just been fun just kind of um, being able to just play music that I just want to play for fun and, and not have to sort of be rehearsing for tours or other projects or other things I've been doing. Um, you know, I've been doing some other musical things 
in the off time from tours over the last year or two and it's just been cool just to be at home and just pick up the guitar and just you know just do whatever you you want without feeling like you have pressure to be working on certain things and and that's been pretty refreshing actually so I've enjoyed that Uh, also the fact that I've got time to just kind of you know work out and and do things at home and and just kind of get creative with how I exercise now without having a gym I can go to or equipment that I would normally use and and that's been kind of fun too and and it's probably going to help the way I'd sort of keep fit on tour as well I've kind of gotten a bit more creative with what I do to you know to to work out at home and things that I can adapt to the uh, touring ways too which would be cool absolutely I agree with that 100% I try to work out as much as I can on the road my drummer Flo is a machine and works out just about every day on tour and he is very creative with his workout routine on the road. So so take me through some of these creative ways that you've you've discovered. I'm imagining it's based on body weight because that tends to be the secret. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um I'm just using sort of resistance bands and stuff like that, which I've I've always kind of had them and, and used them a little bit, but uh when that's kind of just been my primary piece of equipment for the last couple of months it's um it's been cool sort of working out different ways of using it and and how i can sort of target different things and and use it pretty effectively to have you know just to work out and uh, i think that'll be something cool that i i can just sort of throw in my guitar case and and take with me anywhere i go and and just sort of use it to work out um yeah anywhere i am which is is pretty cool yeah it's an absolute tool for anyone out there that's touring you need those resistant bands and and even if i'm in the worst funk if i'm slightly hung over because i had too much fun the night before if i hammer through a workout i always feel better so that's a part of my hangover cure which we'll get to later for sure uh let's touch on this the fact that you said that you never really get the chance to noodle on the guitar anymore to just pick it up for pleasure uh take me back to when you were a youth and just learning guitar uh, how different is it now where when you pick up the guitar, it's not for pleasure, it's more for business? Is that something that you realized before COVID? Is that something that you, you wished you had more time? Or is it something that you have realized over the, the course of having so much more time? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's always good to have a reason to pick up the guitar, I think, um, and have a sort of a, a project and a goal for me. Um, but I think, yeah, it's something I've just enjoyed recently, as I said. And I think just because of the the lifestyle I lead when I am back home from tour I'm often I work a lot um you know I I have jobs and stuff I don't sort of come home and it's not sort of time off it's sort of just straight back to work um working multiple jobs and stuff so you you do have to prioritize your time uh with anything you do um but yeah all of a sudden I've just got sort of all these free hours and yeah it, it does sort of take you back to when you are first learning guitar as a kid and you know you, you come home from school and you've got a few responsibilities but then you kind of can just do whatever you want um and that's when a lot of people like me you kind of do start putting in time on an instrument because you just enjoy it it's something fun and there's no pressure or there's you know there's no real reason to do it other than the fact that you just enjoy doing it and and playing music so yeah it's been cool just to kind of you know, just feel like that again and look where it's taken you. <laughs> Classic Vox and Hobbs question. Take me back to your youth when you're growing up in your parents' or guardian's house. 
what music was playing when you were not in control of the music what was the soundtrack to your youth for sure uh yeah dad was always playing a lot of music he listened to a lot of sort of the i guess the british rock stuff bands like the stones and the who um you know the beatles led zepp uh, a lot of that kind of stuff so that was sort of just real classic rock and roll stuff um there, i noticed that there was never a lot of the sort of more american side of the rock uh, from that era um which i kind of went back and discovered a bit later on in, in life but um yeah, I still listen to a lot of those sort of bands and, and, and got a lot out of growing up listening to that music and and then it kind of, I guess, is a, a natural progression when you start getting into the heavier stuff and you can kind of understand where it came from and and why certain bands sounded this way and then, you know, and you can see the, the evolution and the history of the, the genre. Absolutely, yes. I agree with that with my, my dad's music. I, I spoke about it on the podcast before. My my dad was really into like Metallica and a black album Metallica mostly. And I associated for the longest time my dad's music had guitar solos. So me being a new metal child, I I did not like bands with guitar solos for, for the longest period of time. And it's strange and now I go back and revisit all these bands that I immediately labeled as dad music. And they're, you know, fantastic, of course. And I just had to take the time to delve into them. It took me a long time to get past that dad music label. For sure. <laughs> Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about life, music, and craft beer. Uh, since you are sacrificing your day and day morning drinking with me, what, what beer did you choose in that fridge there? So the one I've got here is a White Rabbit Chocolate Stout. Um, made with Panna chocolate. It's kind of like a limited edition one, apparently. They they, they just had it. Um, it's a pretty popular brewery in Australia, I guess, but they, yeah, they every now and then will have sort of limited release beers that just kind of you'll see just once and that's it. And, yeah, I always like trying new ones, and it's coming into winter for us, I guess. It's the opposite season, so this is the kind of time of year where I start enjoying my stouts and darker beers a lot more, I guess. And so there's always a few new ones to try at this time of year. And I, I enjoy sampling yeah, As those. I always say, when in doubt, one more stout. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> On my side, I'm drinking Irma. It's a session IPA from Bira, Valgabiaire Maison, which uh, actually very luckily right before COVID hit, started canning their brews in their new brewery with their sister brewery called silo um huge shout out to the beer and silo people for hooking me up some brews for my interviews this is a session ipa which has been hopped with citra mosaic and crystal hops it clocks in at four percent abv so let's see what this has got while i'm cracking this and pouring this uh talk to me about the australian craft beer scene i've heard through other interviews and others i know that it's hot and that it's banging so so t tell me some of those your favorite places to drink craft beer yeah for sure i think sort of like a lot of places in the world it's really picked up in the last sort of five years or so um but there's so many cool micro breweries and stuff popping up all around the country even in the area i live there's um there's, there's little micro breweries sort of even a short walk from my house um which is pretty cool and but uh yeah there's there's a lot of cool bars that kind of uh, call themselves more craft beer bars and they they'll change the taps every week um and so it's a, and obviously we can't go there now but when they are up and running um yeah there's a couple of good bars around my area that you'll go to and every time you go in the taps have changed and so 
you get to try all these different beers and a lot of the time they are domestic but we do get a lot of international craft beer and stuff over here too so yeah i think it's um yeah it's pretty cool but there's i don't know like i'm always probably like yourself always keen to try new ones and and that's always a cool part of touring as well is uh experiencing the beers around the different countries you go to and and i was uh looking forward to sampling a lot of beers around america but unfortunately that didn't happen so i'm back home uh drinking the australian ones again i'm sure you'll be back real soon uh this irma session ipa is absolutely delicious it's smooth it's a uh, crisp uh absolutely delicious a nice little it's it's quite hazy actually i wasn't expecting it to be so hazy it's it's a really good uh huge cheers to tabira and anyone here in montreal should absolutely go and support them uh, let's touch on uh that the fact that you were supposed to be on tour uh, obviously it's a disappointment talk, talk me through the days up until the ban where were you guys were you guys already out on the road i'm sorry that i don't know the answer to this or were you supposed to be going out on the road yeah we flew to the united states to do a pretty extensive tour around the states and and canada as well so we uh the first show was on was the tour was supposed to start the 12th of march so we arrived on the monday night and the 12th would have been the thursday so we flew in, um, we were sort of there for sort of Tuesday, Wednesday, doing all the, the prep stuff, which, uh, you know, for people who don't tour, it usually involves picking up a lot of backline gear, uh, sorting out merch, sorting out uh, the vehicle, uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of sort of running around, um, getting things together, trying to get a, a bit of rehearsal time in as well. Um, seeing as we just kind of flown from the other side of the world, you just want to sort of brush up on your playing because you've had a few days in transit and that sort of stuff um and yeah we're feeling pretty good about about the tour so we're going to go out with the bands die art is murder fit for an autopsy uh enterprise earth and unmizir we're from iceland so yeah we kind of um hung out with a couple of the bands on the wednesday night which was the night before the tour started and we were all kind of joking about you know imagine if you know this coronavirus thing kind of made us have to miss out on a show and we weren't really taking it seriously to be honest and i don't think a lot of people were at that point um and then thursday morning uh we get up for the the day of the first show and uh we hear word that seattle might be cancelled and we think oh okay well maybe this is a bit more serious than we thought uh we get to the show in philadelphia around two o'clock and yeah it turns out seattle was cancelled and we think all right well that sucks but we'll just get on with the rest of the tour um by the time doors opened uh the tour manager said to us he said boys the, the first week is cancelled so i don't know what we're going to do but yeah we've we're playing tonight and then we've got a week off now wow we'll think, wow that's that's pretty crazy with uh what are we going to do and then we went on stage i think probably about eight o'clock and we're about to go on and we're excited you know the first show of the tour and tour manager grabs us and goes boys this is the last show of tour every show has been cancelled so as soon as you guys are done you got to pack up you got to get your stuff out of here we've got to get back to new jersey and try and find you guys a flight back to australia straight away so before we even set foot on the stage the mood had just kind of completely changed and it was just like we didn't even know if we could even get back to australia uh, or what was going to happen so it was pretty crazy and kind of scary, I guess. But, you know, we we just wanted to enjoy the show as well, you know, for the fact that this is it. We And it ended up being a really fun vibe. 
Uh, the crowd was not made aware of that fact until a bit later on in the night that the tour had been cancelled. Um, so when the final band came out, they kind of let everyone know, and and so you know it was it was pretty cool in the way that everyone sort of came and tried to support us with buying merch and whatever because um, it was a pretty big financial blow for us and everyone else. But um, you know it is what it is, and the main thing is we were able to get a flight home the next day. We got back to Australia before it got too crazy, and and uh, yeah, we were able to be at home for this rather than stuck you know in a, an rv in another country knowing you know not knowing when we could get home so yeah we're pretty fortunate wow. in that way yeah <laughs> but it was a pretty crazy couple of days I, I don't think i slept that whole week we i left my house about 4 a.m on monday morning and i landed back in australia about 4 a.m on the sunday morning and i'd sort of been a to America and back and done a show and done all the other stuff and I, I don't think I'd slept that whole time so it was a crazy week. I, I completely can imagine that especially with the flying there and back you lose and gain days and it doesn't it's hard to keep track just with that. Uh, first off that was a sick tour package Yeah, and I, I hope that it's going to be rescheduled because I was looking forward to seeing it. Totally. And uh, second off you guys are in one of those Cruise Americas. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were going with. Yeah. So we, we've done one before. Um, have you done one before? I have, absolutely. It's just every Aussie band. There's something, some deal with like the Aussies and Cruise America. You guys get a sweet deal because I've interviewed a bunch of bands and spoken to a bunch of bands that always get these Cruise America, such as a Psychoptic and Disentomb. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. Who are all riding in those. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, well, um, yeah, both of those bands are the reason we got onto it in the first place so yeah we'd see both go. of them it's a small too. world i love it yeah <laughs> yeah for sure and um yeah todd stern who plays bass in psychroptic medicine jersey and helped us pick up the rv and get all the, the gear and stuff so yeah there's a, a lot of legendary aussie bands that sort of all help each other out and yeah it was it was really cool where can fans go and buy this merchandise that you guys printed for this tour that is obviously just sitting somewhere right now so where where can people go help support you right now awesome yeah it's all up on indiemerch.com so that was yeah it was all just everything we printed for the tour got sent to them and they've put it all up online so it's all available for purchase there and yeah if anyone wants to help out that'd be really helpful for us and yeah any support is greatly appreciated uh, of course because you know even just being from Canada is expensive to come tour the States for you guys to buy the flights and the flights back home, uh, the RV printing the merch. I can just imagine the gear. It's so, so everybody out there help out a version's crown and pick up some shirts, uh, pick up everyone's merch. They need, they need it right now. Trust me. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Take me to uh, your first time on stage. Do you remember that first show that you played? Yeah. Um, I mean the, the first, music performance memory I have is in a school band I used to play the trumpet uh, I was quite young and you know you kind of go home and you learn your, your music you're given to by your teacher but then all of a sudden you you get together with this full big band and um, and the one little part you're playing is part of a big picture and you kind of get that feeling of all right it's not just about this thing I'm doing it's about the whole sound of the band so uh, I remember just kind of getting goosebumps on the back of my neck when I heard the whole band come together and, and start performing this this big piece of music, and and I remember thinking how cool that felt. And then I always sort of played in, in bands through school and stuff, but 
once I, I picked up the guitar in early high school, I always thought, oh, it'd be so cool to be able to, to do that with, with a band and have your own music and stuff like that. And ended up just kind of forming some bands with, with friends and, and booking our own shows and, and going out and doing it in just kind of, you know, local youth centres and those kind of places that you could hire out for, for nothing. And, and you know, people would come and watch us play and, and we loved it. And, and, and I've still kind of looked back on that and think about how much fun it was. Um, yeah, not doing it for any reason other than we just loved doing it. And and then years later, still love doing it, but um, I get to do it for you know for different people around the world and and it's really cool we are the luckiest people in the world to to be able to do what we do i totally agree and i hope that i hope that i you know part of me would like to fast forward until we can get back on stage again but then i want to live through all these moments so that i can grow totally and and hopefully learn something from this experience i hope the world learns something from covid19 and we don't just forget it me too i think there's so many things that can be learned from it and i think um you know things that people may have taken for granted previously i think i hope that they kind of realize how special and lucky they are to be able to have all these things at their disposal but um also the fact that there's so many things in life we just don't need Uh, we just don't need to be consuming so many things we don't need to be shopping and buying all this stuff all the time uh and you know that so many things can be achieved without sort of spending money and and all these extra things that um you know people just do because we're so used to it but also you know even just basic things like hygiene it blows my mind that so many people in the world have had to buy hand sanitizer for the first time and it's like i'm not any kind of crazy germ freak or anything but it's just been common sense to me that if i'm going somewhere i take hand sanitizer and you know especially when you're touring and you're you're just touching things and people get sick all the time and and there's no time to isolate yourself and and recover you need to stay healthy and and just things like that have have just been sort of a no-brainer for me and all of a sudden the whole world's kind of realized all right maybe i need to kind of worry about germs and stuff like that and i wonder if that's going to continue on once the pandemic settles down if people are still going to be hygienic and and consider it with other people's health and their own health and or if it's just going to kind of go back to how it was so. at least at these venue bathrooms right oh, can man. they put some can they put some soap in these every once in a while <laughs> oh man i know <laughs> the right <amount> of times <laughs> and i think this is the you know with all the venues being closed i hope that they're all taking the opportunity to fix the toilets in, in all the venues around the world like there's three things put some I look doors. For. Man, I know. Put there's three doors. things I want. Three things I want in a venue bathroom. It's a door, a seat, and toilet <laughs> paper. And if I get at least two out of three things, that's pretty good. But if if they can kind of get all those things under control, that'd be sick. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's touch on uh, Tyler joining the band, or Tyler's first album at least. Um, how you must be stoked with a new album coming out. Everyone's always stoked. When they have a new album out, I'm always stoked when they have a new album coming out. But uh, a new album with a new member is always special. So so talk me through this. For sure. Um, it, and it always just brings a new energy to the dynamic of the band, uh, amongst other things, like obviously a new sound. But we were really excited about what he was doing uh, with his approach to writing the songs. He had a definitely a more mature approach uh, to the way he placed his vocals in with the music and 
uh, you know, none of us have ever kind of had the approach of being kind of a, a band that just anyone tries to sort of flaunt their abilities or anything like that. It's all about servicing the song and and uh, and he really, you know, got that, I guess, and it wasn't sort of about anything other than this is what the song needs and this is what's going to really suit the, the music and... Yeah, and I think he he did such a cool job bringing a lot of hooks uh, in the in the vocals, uh, some melody into the vocals which we'd never had before, a lot of clarity in in the way he pronounces words and and still got that heaviness, but also just more raw aggression, um, which I love in in metal vocals. A lot of people, you know, it's it's all sort of all technique without that just anger in it, and I like hearing when a singer has that just that sort of anger and aggression that's mixed in through all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you guys had one of the best metal producers out there mix your record. Will Putney, such a metal God. My yeah. guitarist Christian Donaldson is a producer at the grid here in Montreal and he can't take his hat off more to Will. He tells me all the time. So is this the first time you've worked with him? I apologize. I don't know the answer to this. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time we've done uh, full length with him. So we had worked previously with him on just sort of one-off singles and stuff like that. Um, but it's never kind of been done in the most effective way. It's it's always just kind of been we've recorded something here and then just sent it to him and asked him to mix it. Whereas this time he was more involved in the process, even though he wasn't here in person to uh, engineer the album. He, you know, like we're doing now, was Skyping us and, and giving us a lot of input about how he wanted things to be tracked, how he wanted things mic'd up, uh, tones he wanted us to use, string gauges, all that kind of stuff that gave him what he needed to uh, to do a, a mix that he thought that the, the band needed. So, yeah, it was a really cool process uh, doing it with him like that and having someone so involved in the whole process and then obviously yeah we were really stoked with the end result as well uh let's dance back around being from australia i always think it's very interesting i think it's hard being from canada and going into the states and getting a good cycle going but you guys are just so far away do you ever feel that being from australia versus let's say the states is something that has hindered your band's progression big time um i think any band from australia is instantly disadvantaged compared to a band from say america or even a band from europe uh for example if we were to do a national tour as a death metal band in australia uh we're essentially limited to playing the capital cities uh because the regional cities there's just no market for it and there might be some people who are fans of of the music but not enough to make it worthwhile sort of making the trip for a band like us so that is essentially maybe six or seven shows in the whole country of Australia, which is pretty much the same size as America. Uh, and then, you know, for a, a band in America, you, you can kind of just... You could essentially just only tour America if you wanted. It's such a big market. There's so many places to play. Um, you can you could just keep doing laps around that country and you could sustain a band uh, quite easily, I think. Um, you know, the, way, the touring lifestyle is so cool over there, like the... The roads are really good. There's always places to stop. Uh, whereas in Australia, you know, like once it's night time, there's just nothing. You can't even get fuel if you haven't sort of prepared and filled up before a certain time. You, you can get stuck in the middle of nowhere if you run out of fuel. And so, yeah, America's kind of just the the ultimate place to do road trips or, or tour because there's just 
endless amounts of places uh, to stop, uh, to sleep, to fill up, to eat. Uh, there's also so many places to play and there's always good crowds everywhere. So, yeah, I think it, it is. And obviously the, the cost of getting there for us is huge. Like flights, visas, uh, hiring transport, like hiring gear because you can't sort of bring your own gear all the time. And so there's a lot of costs involved before you even, you know, play a single note. So it's a, it's a, a disadvantage for sure. But it's always worth it once you're there. Always, yeah. Uh, let's dance back around to hell will come for us all. The name is too fitting. I said at the beginning, I stand by that. It's coming out June 12th via Nuclear Blast. Uh, what can people expect? You mentioned that the vocals are more uh, melodic yet super aggressive and well-pronounced. Uh, has the music gone in a different direction or is it just a continuation of what was happening before? I think it's... It, it is def- definitely different, but it's more of a just natural evolution in the sound of the music. Uh, and that kind of comes from touring for the last few years off the other releases and and just kind of seeing what things that we'd been writing previously went down well with, with crowds and, and things that people were really grabbing onto in the live show and, and things that maybe were going over people's heads and, and, and trying to, you know bring that into the writing approach as well and imagine how the songs are going to translate to the stage and and things like that as well as trying to make the music a bit more you know accessible in general even though it's it's death metal um you still want people to be able to take something away from it and and grab onto parts of the song and and find hooks and melodies and memorable parts in there and we've always still treated it as music it's not just about being brutal it's about writing music and we just happen to be writing heavy music so well, that comes with maturity too yeah I agree. versus versus just just trying to be balls out all the time oh for sure to, yeah. to take a step back and to create a song yeah for sure and i mean i still love bands that are just balls out all the time and and yeah and that's i mean to be honest that's more what i i listen to but i don't think this band has ever kind of been that it's always still had other elements in it and i think yeah we've kind of just refined it a bit more with this album uh shoot me some bands that uh you think are overlooked that more people should should be listening to i mean yeah from australia bands like disentomb and psychroptic uh you know great bands uh pretty heavy bands but such great you know grooves and riffs and there's a lot to take out of there um there's bands from Germany like De Vegana Freyheit who are a, a black metal band that uh, is such a cool band that I think so many people would enjoy if they if they heard them. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I mean, there's there's bands that I think are, are starting to come up that are doing really cool, unique things like Rivers of Nile with their latest album. They've been around for a while, but I think that one just brought in all these other elements that made them really unique and and I really look forward a good to game changer. Oh, game changer sure. as soon as i heard that i was like i wrote them all i was like dudes <laughs> it was totally. unbelievable yeah and then i got drunk one night they put out that that live from saint vitus video yeah and i got drunk one night and i was just messaging bigs their their bases throughout i was like yeah. live texting him my opinions <laughs> oh totally. i'm a huge fan huge fan of what they've done and uh 
Fit for an Autopsy too. That new record I feel is oh, uh, for sure. falls into that vein of a uh, new wave of extreme metal that's incorporating a lot of elements which are very interesting. The melodies and uh, taking metal an extra step further, and I re- always really appreciate that. For sure, and I mean even like without blind smoke up your ass, but a band like Cryptopsy is like such a good band, and I've listened to for so many years, and you know like it's, it's always been sort of evolving as well, and. It's yeah. It's, I'm always looking forward to the new music from you guys. And I remember first hearing Cryptopsy on the and then you'll beg album. I think um, back in the day, and yeah, kind of just been following it ever since. So yeah, I'm sure Canada's got heaps of other cool bands that I've, I'm yet to hear of. But the more we kind of travel, you kind of get exposed to bands from different countries. And and um, yeah, it's a cool way to kind of find other new music. That and just ending up on a tour package and you're not aware of everyone. And you're like, who the, what is that? Oh, oh my for God. Sure. <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's wrap it up with one last question. Uh, I mentioned what my hangover cure is, which is uh, just sucking it up and putting a workout in and going through my day without trying to whine too much. Uh, what is your hangover cure? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, working out is always the last thing I feel like doing, but it always kind of brings me back to life. So, Try and just sweat it out a bit, um, get lots of fluids in and eat eat lots of food as well. Like, I don't know, maybe it soaks it up or something like that. But, um, you know, the times I've, I've had a big night and, and you have something you have to do where you have to go to work or whatever in the morning and you just like, how do I get rid of this feeling before I have to function as a real human? And, yeah, I think just trying to sweat it out a bit always makes me feel a bit better, whether it's just in my head or for whatever reason, but it seems to work. Absolutely. Mick, thank you so much for sitting down with me, drinking some craft beer, talking about your life and your music. Everybody out there, hell will come for us all. The new Aversions Crown will be out on June 12th via Nuclear Blast, and you should absolutely check it out, pick it up, and buy some of those shirts that they have from that tour which you were probably going to go to anyways because it was such a sick lineup, so you may as well just buy a shirt now. Sick. You're a legend. Thank you so much, man. (laughs) Cheers, man. Thank you. Cheers, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I had such a great chat with Mick, such a cool dude, uh, hit it off immediately, and I love when that happens. Uh, super stoked uh, about, about their new record, Hell Will Come For Us All. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, you absolutely should. As I said in the intro, it dropped today, and you should absolutely go check it out and enjoy it, because it's a banger of an album. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I am looking forward to relaxing a little bit, and I suggest that you do the same. I will be back next week with two episodes, one on Tuesday and another on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Fox and Hopsheads. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on... 
the corner of Gray Street.